Hello, welcome to a very special episode of Exocast, the galaxy's best exoplanet podcast that takes you far beyond our solar system to explore distant extrasolar worlds. You should know by now that I'm Andrew Rushby and I'm joined in the virtual Exocast studio by my esteemed co-hosts Hannah Wakeford and Hugh Osborne. So in the show, we're going to get the Exo Cup underway. Uh, we'll take a little uh, while to introduce the competition, um, now in its fifth year, and then get onto the draw for our pools, our wildcard planets, and perhaps even a few pr- uh, predictions for this year's competition from the team. If you're a regular listener or an active person on Twitter, perhaps you know that the Exo Cup is an annual Twitter-based knockout competition to crown the year's most ex- uh, most popular exoplanets. We take 32 fantastical worlds and pit them off it against each other over a month of thrills and spills and controversy, which world will make it through to the end and be named the 2021 champ? Well, that's up to you. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, it might be a good opportunity to to give you a quick rundown of the competition and maybe how we chose this year's competitors as well. Uh, And for that, I'm going to throw it over to Hannah. So I'm so excited. I can't believe it's been five years already of the Exo Cup. Exo Cup 5. so many exoplanets. So uh, this year, the competition will be running from November 1st with our round one till November 24th will be the final end of the final. So as always, our final will last for 48 hours. You have two days to vote for that ultimate champion at the end after they've beaten each other up a fair amount in the previous rounds. So all kind of kicking off very, very soon uh, and let the chaos begin. Last year, we had people creating adverts, you know, videos being posted. Oh, the videos were great. They were amazing. I hope we see so many more this year. We've got uh, just a huge array of planets to discuss. And Hugh, you kind of put together this search through exoplanet papers to look for the most mentioned planets. So they should be hot topics they should be at the, the the front of all of the scientists that we're we've got on twitter and and hopefully convey all of the exciting information they've been publishing over the last year to everybody who's voting in the cup so how did you select our exo cup participants this year yeah so as you said i mean i i searched through the literature and i didn't do that by hand because that would be quite uh, impossible, I think. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I wrote a Python, as I, as I did for the last two years, I wrote a Python script, which, um, searches through all of the papers on ADS, which is where we store our astronomical, um, uh, publications basically, and, and where you can search them. And so I searched for every single planet in the exoplanet archive on uh, the NASA exoplanet archive. I searched that string of the planet in, in the text and the abstract and the titles of all of the, um, publications on ADS. And actually what sometimes happens is you have multiple planet names. So some things and they and they you know they're a TOI and they're an HD and they're a HIP and they and sometimes you have people putting a space between the the number and the B or the C whatever it is and sometimes you don't. So I had to search all of those as well. Um and so eventually you know you once once I got this big list of papers for each um for each planet and I get the date the paper was published, I can build up, you know, and look at Okay, which planets were mentioned most in the last twelve months, in the last year since the last Exo Cup? And it's that list of um, the most mentioned planets, which form the first twenty-four. Well, I guess the twenty-three of the twenty-four planets that we put into the the three seeded uh, gr- groups. So we'll have thirty-two planets in total. Eight of those are going to be wild cards, and we'll do we'll do that decision after we've discussed the the first twenty-four. Um, but the first three pots, so the first 24, come from uh, mostly from this list. And uh, I say mostly because there is a little exception, and that is that this first seed and the first thing in our pot one of highest seeds is going to be WD1856b, uh, which was, of course, the winner last year. So we can't, we can't go without exactly. the winner this year. Over 3,000 votes cast uh, for, that, for that particular That's world. top seed, right. There. Exactly. I mean, it won for a reason, and that reason is probably because it's the only transiting planet, a giant planet, around the White Dwarf, uh, which was discovered last year. So that was actually a wild card. And interestingly, it wasn't in the the most cited 24 planets this year. So 
I guess people are still working on getting follow-up observations. You know, astronomy can take a few years before these planets start to ramp up in citations, uh, which is why we have the wild cards. Well, that one's waiting for the James Webb observations that that it can do, because the the transit is so short, so short. You really can't capture that with with anything right now. So to get a really cool characterization of that, I'm really looking forward to some of the James Webb programs that have been scheduled already to look at it. Yeah. Okay, so... The other seven planets in Group One, so in our pot of the highest, um, highest men- most mentioned planets of the last year. Uh, so number two and the most mentioned planet was HD two hundred nine four five eight B. Surprise, surprise! It is the classic hot Jupiter, one of the first detected hot Jupiter uh, that was transiting, um, and you know, really bright star. Lots of lots of follow up observations of that. Uh, so no surprise, it is top of the pile. Uh, number three in group one is 51 Peg, so 51 Pegasi B, um, you know, a planet so so good it got a Nobel Prize for its, detect- its detectors because it was the first one. So um, no surprise that that is number two, or number three in this case. Um, HD 189733B, another transiting hot Jupiter, another classic from uh, way back, um, one, of, one of the first um, transiting planets detected after HD 209 and one of the two iconic kind of hot Jupiters used for um, all this follow-up that we've had in the last 20 years. Um, so next in pot one is GJ436b. So this is a transiting Neptune. It's around an M dwarf, so it's not it's not particularly hot. It's more warm. Um, but it is evaporating, right? So there's, there's um, observations of evaporating gas clouds coming off this and uh, lots of lots of interesting um, atmospheric observations of this one too. Uh, next is 55 Cancri E, so our first kind of low-mass planet, a super-Earth around a bright star, you know, a naked-eye star you can go out and look at in the night sky. And this potentially has lava and volcanoes on the surface because we've seen variability in terms of the reflection off the surface. So there's something going on there that we don't quite understand yet. So one of the reasons it's in the most cited papers. Uh, WASP-12b is there too. Um, another ultra hot Jupiter, and and finishing off pot one is uh, Beta Pic B, which is not a uh, transiting hot Jupiter. It is a directly imaged giant planet, a young planet around a, a bright um, naked eye star, and you know uh, it's another classic. You know, one of the first hot, uh, giant planets to be found in directly imaged. You know, looking at the actual light coming from the the clouds around this giant planet. And that finishes off Group 1. So lots of giant planets in there, a couple of smaller ones, um, but lots of planets that people might have heard of anyway. So, um, Andrew, what's in Pot 2? Okay, well, Pot 2 starts off with uh, GJ1214b, which is a returning planet. It was actually runner-up back in 2017, did pretty well. Um, thick atmosphere, steam or, or maybe some dense clouds, and an interesting world. It's a transiting mini-Neptune mini to start, start off that group. Next in uh, Group 2 is Proxima Sen B, which is uh, you know, the closest exoplanet potentially to the solar system in terms of you know, if proximity is important to you. Uh, and you know, maybe orbits the, uh, well, orbits the smaller star in, in that triple, uh, triple star system. And it's clearly seen a lot of publications this year to make it up into the, uh, into the second group. Uh, next up, we have a transiting ultra-hot Jupiter, and I'll be he- happy to hear that. Uh, it's WASP-121b. Um, and WASP 121b uh, actually came third last year uh, in in 2020. Oh yeah, um, did pretty for well what? actually for for an ultra hot Jupiter. I feel like I'm biased uh, biasing them already, um, <laughs> but uh, there was some pretty cool stuff. Uh, some heavy metals detected escaping from its uh, atmosphere, and it was probably distorted into some sort of egg shape, which is uh, always always a, a fun a fun thing to think about. An ovoid ovoid planet. Um, Next up, uh, a transiting hot Jupiter, maybe not ultra, ultra hot Jupiter, but uh, WASP-43b uh, is one of the most studied planets using orbital phase curves I have here in my notes, uh, as it orbits very extremely close to its host star. Now, PDS-70b, a de- directly imaged uh, planet, and this planet has been uh, has, has done very well in the ExoCup since 2018 where it was the runner-up. It was the runner-up in 2019 and came fourth last year. So it always does really well, but never quite makes it to the finals. Well, it makes it to the finals and never quite gets across the line to, to, be the, to, to be the champion. But I think there were some interesting results from this year about that system regarding a potentially circumplanetary disk around either B or around C. Around its, its brother, right? Around okay. PDS-70C, which just missed out. So, I mean, what we do when there's multiple planets in one system 
which is the case for Trappist as well mm-hmm. uh, last year, is that we, we choose, well, I mean, we only let one planet in from each system to yeah. make it fair. So we t- typically choose one from, from that system. I mean, if P- if PDS-70C, which might well next year make it up and, and overtake its its, its cousin um, and, and take a, the higher place. But for the moment, PDS-70B is the one that we have in our list. Yeah, still repping, repping for the system. A very cool yeah. system, clearly. And let's hope that maybe that, that potential discovery might push it over the line this time, or at least get it back into the finals. Um, next up, we've got K218B, a very popular exoplanet, a lot of controversy Hammer's about favorite. that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, the water vapor in the atmosphere detection that we discussed a lot on on Exo on Exocast last the, ha- the habitable one, before. right? Yes, uh-huh, the habitable world. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that habitable <laughs> planet you confirmed know. to be. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Life just popping up all over the place. <laughs> but you know, clearly there's some papers on it. It's, it's in Group Two, so people are publishing results trying to verify. I mean. My my code doesn't say if if they're being referenced in spite or in genuine. <laughs> well, that's the thing with scientific. academic citations. There is no negative one. There's no downvote. Exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll let the people decide. That's why it's in here. Clearly, it's um it deserves to be in here, and it's going to generate uh, a lot of discussion. I'd imagine in in the conversation uh, and in the competition. I think so it's, it's going to generate a lot of votes for whoever it's up against. Yeah. <laughs> Out of spite, and we can tell. We can Anna, tell you can only vote folk. once, right? We've talked about this. We have talked about this. I will only vote once. I promise. Yeah, come on, Anna. <laughs> um, okay, next up in uh, in Group Two is Kelt Nine B, our twenty eighteen winner, transiting ultra hot Jupiter. Um, again, a popular world. Uh, orbits a super, super, super hot A type star, um, and is probably the hottest transiting exoplanet. Does that still hold? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it probably still does. I mean, okay. it, there are stars cooler than it. Yeah, and there crazy. are some planets orbiting stars in this competition that are much, much cooler than yeah. this planet. Probably like 10,000 Kelvin, something like that. Ridiculous A-type star. It's it's warm. Oh, yeah, the star. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's warm. And you can see why it was the winner back in 2018. I'm sure it'll do well uh, in, in this year's competition as well. And rounding out group two, we have 51 REB, uh, directly imaged Jupiter, um, and 51 REB, the first discovery from the Gemini, Gemini planet imager, which is kind of cool, and maybe some methane detected in its atmosphere as well. So um, and, uh, some, some interesting cool facts about, about 51 REB. And again, a, quite a, a competitive group there. I think no matter how those shake up and how we you know distribute them across the groups, those are going to be some competitors in there. But what about the third group, Hannah? Yeah, so in our third group, rounding out those top sighted planets of the year, we have GJ3470b. This is a mini Neptune, which is kind of more on the, the mass radius size of Uranus, so just a bit smaller than Neptune. And it's actually evaporating. It's losing its atmosphere. We've seen huge amounts um, of signal in Lyman Alpha, which suggests that the hydrogen is being blown off from this planet's atmosphere. So a really interesting one to study. I think we joked at this last year about, you know, you vote for it now before it becomes even smaller <laughs> yeah. and then becomes a super Earth eventually. And then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, super Mars and eventually it'll just be gone. So get your votes in. <laughs> uh, then we have WASP-33b, a transiting ultra-hot Jupiter. This is uh, a planet that orbits a Delta Scuti star. That means that the star is highly variable. The, the light from the star itself is constantly changing. And then you try to detect a planet going in front of that as well. It's an absolute nightmare to deal with, if I'm honest with you. I'm not a big fan of this one, but only because of the star. So we'll see how it does in this, because you might want to vote for that kind of star. Yeah, exactly. Cup. We then have, of course, it had to be in there. Sorry, everybody who will have a problem with this, but you're just going to have to get over it. But we've got TRAPPIST-1E this year, which was mentioned the most in papers out of the TRAPPIST system of seven Earth-sized planets. TRAPPIST-1E is the one pretty much bang in the middle of that star's habitable zone. So it's a temperate, what we think, probably rocky world. So we'll see in the coming years whether it has an atmosphere or not. But right now, it's in the cup. It's ready to fight. So we'll see what happens. I should say that either TRAPPIST-1E is the most mentioned planet in the TRAPPIST-1 system, or words starting with E are the most likely to come after TRAPPIST-1, the star. Because, (laughs) unfortunately, there's no way to distinguish between that. So... So, uh, Trappist but, One uh, exciting. Uh, what would follow it? Right, Trappist One exists. Trappist One emits. Trappist One. <laughs> it does. Um, um, absor- uh, oh, no, wait, that's an, that's an A. 
Yeah. Uh, next up in group three, we have two ultra hot transiting Jupiters, uh, Wasp 18b and Wasp 76b. Now, Wasp 18b was is so hot and has such a contrast between its day and night side that it was able to be measured with TESS. So we were actually able to see the phases of this planet with TESS as it orbits. That requires a huge amount of flux from this star planet system because TESS isn't designed to do that measurement. So that's a really ultra hot, ultra hot Jupiter there. And then we've got WASP-76b, which has about a thousand Kelvin difference between its day side and its night side, which has resulted in essentially what has been measured as cliffs of molten iron clouds that cross its terminator. So there's a really interesting atmospheres and different detections here for those two ultra hot Jupiters. Next, we have WASP-107b, which is an incredibly low density Neptune. So it's about the size radius of Jupiter. Doesn't that make it Jupiter? It only has the mass of a Neptune. That's still it's a Jupiter because so radius is, is the important thing. It's not thing, radius it? that's the important thing. That's <laughs> the thing. The mass is super important to hear here because it's that low density, which is really interesting. It was also the first planet to have a direct measurement of helium in its atmosphere. So these giant planets, we assume they're made of hydrogen and helium and then other stuff, but we've never actually measured it until we measured helium in the atmosphere of WASP-107b. So it's an important planet just for that discovery alone. And as every year, the WASP survey doing very well uh, in the Exocup Exocup draw. I absolutely love WASP for the planets that's given us that can be characterised. I mean, that's why they're mentioned so much, because we're able to investigate these worlds in more detail. Uh, Next up to round out Group 3, we have two super-Earths. We start off with LHS 3844b. This is a super-Earth that was measured for its phase curve, so they, they... watched as this planet orbited around its star and measured the amount of light from the system. And what they were able to determine from that is that it likely doesn't have an atmosphere. It's likely rocky. It probably isn't tectonically, volcanically, geologically active. So they detected that it's a rock going around a star. So there's that. Um, (laughs) And uh, then we've got LHS 1140b, which is uh, another super Earth. And LHS 1140b is one of the densest planets that's actually been discovered. It is incredibly massive for its size. So kind of the opposite of WASP-107b. It's an incredibly, incredibly dense planet. Um, And it orbits a, uh, a star in that star's habitable zone. But very, very dense rock basically. So some very interesting and different planets in that top 24 that we've got to play with. I counted it up. We have uh, four hot Jupiters, six ultra hot Jupiters. The ultra hot Jupiters are popular this year in the papers. They're, they really kind of Well, those shone. are the ones we can do the measurements for, yeah. right? I mean, there's, we're certainly biased towards planets which can, we can uh, follow up and get extra atmospheric or orbital information for. So... Yeah, and the, the emission spectra, so measuring the temperature of these planets, which can be more easily done for these ultra-hot Jupiters, and measuring escaping atmospheres and heavy metals around these planetary atmospheres, easier to do for these just ultra-hot planets. They've really become very popular recently. So it's it's not just about what we can do. These planets, a number of them have been known for a very long time. It's yeah. about, you know, this, this kind of measurement's become quite popular, and we're starting to understand the models and the information behind them. We then have five Neptunes slash mini Neptunes in there, two super Earths, two kind of terrestrial, so rocky exoplanets, but cold ones. So temperate, let's go with temperate exoplanets. Um, One lava world, three directly imaged Jupiters and one white dwarf planet. So we've got quite quite That's a range there. That's not a bad there. coverage. That's not a bad so coverage. So the question that I think we have from this, we've got a good range there. What is the wildcard slots going to go to? We've got yeah. eight planets to pick. What are we missing? Um, we're definitely not missing any ultra-hot Jupiters or hot Jupiters. 
Let's just throw out all the wasps. No offense, <gasps> but we have enough of them. Wasps got good coverage. <laughs> and one thing I noticed that we were missing as well that's made it into the last two exocups is a certain planetary uh, system with a potential exo moon, which was in our last two. Oh exo- no, I don't want that one. Right? It never We've... does very well. It didn't do very it, well, yeah. surprisingly, considering. And, and there's the, been a the, number of papers which have also kind yeah. of refuted that moon again mm. and again. So. I think until they can come up with a new candidate which has got more solid evidence behind it, I'm not sure that the exomoons are going to make it in the cup. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I don't know if we... We should probably be waiting by what we think will do well. Last year, we picked a good one because we picked a world card which won the thing, right? Yeah. So, um... Who's, so we whose can't, choice I think, was that? I can't even remember now. Um, it was it was a group decision, know. obviously, but yeah, good work. Whoever picked that one. <laughs> so we want to we want to pick planets which are in parameter spaces that we haven't had so far. Be them, you know, young planets. Be them, you know, in detection methods that we haven't talked about, or you know, around stars that we haven't that don't get much coverage. And we want to pick planets that we think will do okay and are interesting, right? Because that's that's okay. what we want to do. We want to communicate interesting planets. So, I mean, there's. There's quite a few that we've we've shortlisted. Um, yeah. What should we start with? Well, I think the the, the glaring and perhaps emission, or maybe not glaring, but certainly emission from the detection side of things is the microlensed worlds. So we put a few in here, uh, and it's I think just up to us to decide which which microlensed world or worlds will make it into the the rest of the the draw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the microlensing tend to do quite well. They tend to get people kind of rallying behind them because they they are the oddity they are the ones that that are kind of least mentioned but they they offer so much potential for the future um of understanding the statistics of planets so i yeah i think we definitely need to include one but what do you think do we think like a last time we had like a teeny tiny like earth sized free floating essentially microlensed planet do we want to go for something a little bit more traditional on the planet side of things, or, or have we got some wacky ones? So I think there's there's the recent detection of um, a microlensing planet around a white dwarf, which is kind of wacky. And it can, kind of combines our winner from last year with a microlensing detection, right? A white dwarf yeah. Oh my god, yeah, it's like a crossover. <laughs> yeah, that was the two finalists, right? So that's... Um... So that's what, MOA 2010BLG477B, which obviously that's will shorten <laughs> if it does make it into the draw. <laughs> so... I would personally vote for the white, white dwarf giant planet because also that giant planet is in a position where it survived um, going through the atmosphere of the red giant phase of the, the star, and then you know the the red giant dissipated and the white dwarf was all that was left. So and then we very found similar it. to our transiting one, but but discovered obviously via microlensing much further away towards the bulge of the galaxy. Yes. Yeah. That sounds great. So it's an equivalent to our champion of last year, but a different discovery method. So it's a battle of the discovery method there. I mean, these could both go in the same initial group as well because they're in oh, different I mean, pops. They could, so they could, they could that do. That would be so. exciting. But, um, All right. Okay. I like the idea of that. Okay. I don't like the idea of having to find the facts put on the, the fact sheet for you, but I will do my best. So put okay. it in. Seven more to find. <laughs> What's next? I think we're missing something that was discovered by citizen scientists. Because I love a good citizen science planet. And right now, the Zooniverse is running Planet Hunters for the NGTS, the Next Generation Transit Survey, which is the follow-up to WASP. WASP has given us so many amazing planets, and NGTS is out there ready for everybody to go and characterise and try and find more planets for us. So I want something that the citizens have found for us to play around with. I thought Super Wasp was the, uh, the the next iteration of Wasp. It was, but Wasp and Super Wasp are the same planets. They don't change the ah, name. Okay. It's not Super Wasp 12B. No, no, of course, of course. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would sound pretty cool, though. So, uh, okay, it's it's, dif- it's difficult to differentiate between which, which instrument, you know, the Wasp planets actually were from. Okay, no, that's cool. Um, well, there is, um, I, I did stumble across a recent citizen science discovery of an actual system of a couple of planets, I think, uh, called HD uh, 152843, which I thought might might make a, a good inclusion. Yeah, that sounds great. Do we have a choice of planets in there? You said it's a system of worlds. So what what have we got to choose from? So I know the outer planet doesn't have a, it's like a single transit. So we don't actually know what the period of that thing is. Okay, so we need um, to go with B. And it's quite a bright star, if I remember. 
Yeah, it's orbiting a bright star similar to our own sun. Planet B is around 3.4 times the size of Earth and takes 12 days to complete an orbit, according to the Planet Hunters write-up. So so that is a mini Neptune right there. Mm-hmm. Lovely. I love a good mini Neptune. So I think one thing that's missing from our list is maybe a young transiting planet, because these are something that we're finding a lot of with tests and um, that, you know, that Young planets are interesting in general because they tell us a bit about how planets evolve, and often they're inflated. And so we have a couple of options in this. We have AUMIC, which is a two-planet system around a bright end dwarf, and that did okay last year, I believe. Yeah, it was knocked out in the quarterfinals of our 2020, so it it's, it's done pretty well in yeah. the past, and it was an exciting one to add in there as one of the newest discoveries. And it did only lose out to uh, our runner-up, OB-16-1928, uh, as well. So it, it was knocked out by a, by a, a big-hitting planet. So if yeah. it comes up against maybe a less popular planet this time, it might make it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Well, you said you've got a couple. What, what are our other options? Well, so the other option might be V-1298 Tau. So that's a five-planet system found in K2. Uh, and it's being reobserved by TESS right now. And there's been some interesting results. It was, it was actually in, you know, just just both AUMIC and V1298 Tau both just missed out on getting into the like, proper pot of of, transit, of, uh, of most mentioned planets. So um, so that's another kind of transiting inflated Neptune. So it's, it's larger than Neptune in radius, but um, we don't know the masses yet. But likely it's just Neptune size and it's been inflated because it's so young. Um, so more of an internal heat kind of inflation. Well, there. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Do we put? Or we could put both in. Do we put a tried and tested, or do we put a, a new one in? Or both. Or both. Well, let's let's pick one, and we'll see what there is left at the end. Okay. All right. Um, I'm gonna go with AU Mick because I think there's a lot in store for that planet. I think that we're gonna be doing a lot of observations of its atmosphere and starting to understand more about that world. So I'm gonna pick it for its potential. Um, yeah, I think that's fair enough. And since um, it last year, I think there was hints of a second planet in that system. And since last year's Exocup, there is now a solid detection of the outer planet. Ah, so, so in a way, it's repping for the system as well. Well, in in the same sense that Tau D is repping for the five planet system, I guess. Um, but yeah. I, I'm inclined to to agree with you both if you're if you're both suggesting Agumic. I think we could give it another chance, and it did it did pretty well last year. So that's three planets that we've now got in our wildcard slot. Well, does does previous being a previous winner does that give you any any impetus to be included in this year's draw? I mean, it does if you won last year, but we've never really extended that beyond. So yeah. what what are you thinking of, and what's your reasoning? Fight um, for it, Andrew. Well, I, I guess I'm, I'm just not that invested, Hannah. It was more of just a, a general, <laughs> a general question. <laughs> in that we have two winners, two previous winners listed in there. Kepler 10b hasn't really been mentioned. It won, won in 2017 under some perhaps some dubious circumstances. Um, but since then, it's it's not really been featured much in the literature or you know in in Exo Cup. So another winner that we had was HR eight seven nine nine B, which won, won in twenty nineteen, a, a directly imaged planet that has that great um, that great animation. That I think that that could be a shout to, exactly. to be included. I'm not sure about Kepler ten. Very active researchers on on Twitter as well who love it when it's included. So um, well, the directly imaged community they like in in researchers per planet they have a lot higher <laughs> than, than the, the rest of the communities because they don't have many planets and we've so, only got um, three included so far so i think i think hri 799 deserves a place and it, you know it's it, it was quite ranked quite highly in terms of um dimensions yeah planet scale so i think we should put that in it's also you know this amazing four planet system of um big super giant planets on extremely long orbits like it's interesting for many yeah. reasons. Dusty atmospheres, carbon monoxide, meth- methane. Yeah, it's a cool yeah. system. You will never find me arguing against a nice directly imaged planet with atmospheric detections, so I'm all for it. Okay, what are we up to then? Five, six, so seven? So we're up to four oh, different wildcards. We ahead. have four more slots to fill in. Um, so the, another category that I think is really interesting that we're, we have only touched on a little bit is these kind of potentially lava worlds very close to their stars and there are some of them which are so massive that we think that they're the remaining cause after an atmosphere of a giant planet has been evaporated away and that we've got a couple of those 
I mean, Kepler 10B, one of our previous winners, is possibly one. But we've had, yeah. you know, previous ones like Coro 7B. But we've also got this uh, kind of new one that's come in, which is just a TOI number. It is. It's a confirmed planet. It's just a, it's around a relatively faint star. Right. Which means exactly. that it doesn't have, it doesn't have a name. <laughs> so we've got a TOI 849B. So a new test planet that might be in contention for that. And I think that these these systems are so interesting and they kind of tell us a lot about what we think the therm- the evolution of certain size of exoplanets might be. So I'm I'm all for putting one in, but I'm all for seeing you guys uh, decide whether any one of these sneaks past the others as being something that's potential for really fighting for the chance at the, the title. I think that would that would have a good chance. I think Kepler ten and Coro seven have both tried and failed at Exocup. Well, winning. That, I mean, is that failing? <laughs> Didn't do very I mean, well the next year, to be fair. So maybe it's had its run. I mean, in the you know in the last few years, I think we've included both of them, and yeah. they've not done particularly well. I mean, they're both the the OG kind of super Earths, mm-hmm. both found you know in two thousand and ten, um, the first kind of low mass planet found transiting. Um, by Coro and Kepler, respectively. So um, I th- they're both very interesting, but then TOI 849 has a little bit more of recency. You know, it's it's way bigger. I mean, Kepler 10 and Coro 7 are, are 10 Earth masses, and TOI 849 is like 35. So it's like... It's, it's, it's that really is really weird. a core of <laughs> yeah. Saturn or Jupiter. That's that's the mass we think is at the core of Saturn and Jupiter. You know, that that's a giant planet-forming planetesimal... I think it's weird enough and new enough that that we we have we can put it in. I think. Agreed. I kind of love it already now that I know that. Votes from Hannah for that one. Right, we've got three more slots to fill. Um, we've ruled out quite a lot. We've ruled out quite a few different worlds. So, what about our kind of filling in the phase space, our pulsar planets or our radial velocity planets? Is there anything that kind of comes in there? Or, you know, we don't have any highly eccentric planets. Um, we don't have any planets on really long orbits and things like that. So what what can we do to fill in that phase space, guys? Well, I did st- stumble across a, uh, a Kepler planet that was described in the title of its paper as a failed hot Jupiter. And uh, that got me asking a few questions as to as to what that means. And I see in our script, Hannah's asked the same question. What exactly is a failed hop Jupiter? Well, my understanding is that it wasn't able to circularize and it has an extremely eccentric orbit going from, I think, less than an AU out to several tens or hundreds of AU uh, with a large... Yeah, it's 0.92 eccentricity. So it's oh, right. So even more than some of our previous entrants into this cup. So previously we've had highly eccentric planets but but nothing quite on the point nine so this is a scale from zero to one and if you're closer to one you are more like a comet than a planet uh so point nine very very high so i guess it's only a hot jupiter for some of its orbit in that case right um hence why it's failed (laughs) i guess it's just an interesting terminology to use considering a hot jupiter is more of like a failed jupiter no, this is about orbit. This is, you know, so some hot Jupiters are formed by tidally recircularizing. And so they, they they have this Kozai cycle and they end up being getting so close to brushing their star where they get recircularized. So this is one case where that almost happened, but then it must have just been frozen in this highly eccentric orbit rather than circularizing near the star. So... I think that's really cool. Yeah, like a pretty cool in. inclusion. Um, lot to talk about. We can certainly drop a few interesting facts about that. And also, yeah, so we don't have any Kepler planet in our list at the moment. We have oh, K2, we have Tess, we have Wasp. Yeah. We don't have anything from Kepler. Oh, poor Kepler. So, so, so we've got to have some representation. So what is it called if it's a, if it's a Kepler planet? What, what, what phone number are we getting for this one? It's 1704B. All right, then. Well, welcome to the wildcard slot. Yeah, yeah. Two left. Okay, two left, two left, two left. I quite like um, Epsilon Indy AB. Ooh. Um, okay, so that's a binary star. If mm-hmm. there's a capital A, there's another star nearby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's like a wide binary. Um, okay. So Epsilon Indy is like the fi- fifth brightest star in in Indus. I don't know what, I don't know what the constellation is, but it's it's obviously extremely bright. Um, and it's it's the longest period. 
planet which we have a good orbit for. So it's 45-year wow. period found found with the radial velocities. So they've been monitoring it for 30 years and they've got a good constraint on what the orbit looks like now. Wow, 30 years worth of work. I think, you know, we could definitely include it. <laughs> and and it's it's so far from its star that, that it'll get imaged in the next few years, mm. which is cool. Uh, although I guess... We, you know, in terms of exocop, we want to talk about things we've already got images of and got science for. So maybe it's not great in that respect. But I mean, Proxima, Proxima's always done really, really well, and that's you know as as far as we can go with it. So I think it's it's about potential as well, and it's about that interesting area of phase space that we just can't either imagine or or something else about it that can, we can relate to. And the fact that this has been measured for, you know, going on 30 years, well before we started knowing that exoplanets actually existed, it's it's a really interesting story behind that. Well, I think it's, uh, yeah, just it started in the, the early era of exoplanet science, right? So not quite 30 years, I guess. So that leaves us with one slot to fill. The only other two that we kind of have on our, on our long list are... Wysis 2b, which is a directly imaged planet on a very, uh, has a very wide orbital separation from its star, or uh, Nu 2 Lupi d, which is a small long period transiting planet around a naked eye star in the southern hemisphere. I do, I do, I am leaning towards Nu Lupi, uh, Nu 2 Lupi d. I don't know, I've just opened the paper for the directly imaged planet, and even though I cannot say whatever that acronym is, um. Yeah, Y S E S. I'm saying Wysis. Wysis? That doesn't particularly inspire me. Because it feels like a failed brown dwarf. Anything really high, di- long distances, probably formed mm. by gravitational instability. Yes, that's true. But yeah. that's the same. Like a, that's what we. That's the same for what we think for the HR eight seven nine nine system, which is which is already in. Our which is already list. in there. So we don't want to pick two. Okay. So we don't want two of those. So what what is it <laughs> about this new two loopy D planet? Apart from the fact that you can see that it's. The star with your naked eye from the sun. Well, I, I mean, naked eye stars are great for characterization, mm-hmm. um, and this this is so bright that it should be. They're too bright for our telescopes. Well, yeah, they're too, it's too bright for James Webb. But, yeah, exactly. Um, but that's just James Webb's fault. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but it's it's a it's, so it's a hundred and ten day orbit um, yes. found found in RVs and. Um, Redetected with Chaos, so I maybe I'm ah, sorry. There <laughs> I was involved okay. in the in the redetection of it. Um, when we're going to mention, uh, that? but it's just it's <laughs> you know if if you rank things by, it's like probably the longest period super Earth around a bright star that we'll ever find. Okay, because it's it, you know you're not it's very unlikely to see anything on that long an orbit that's around such a bright nearby. Sun-like star. So. And if it was detected with chaos, is this a transit as well as the radio yeah, velocity? Yeah, so we have we have an RV and, oh. a, and a lovely that should keep radius should keep a lot of detection folks happy. I mean, that keeps me happy. Yeah. We get a radius and a mass, right? Exactly. Yeah, so it looks like it's got some volatile, so it's not quite a super Earth. Maybe a little bit more of a mini action. Oh, stop but, you! Um, oh, I think you've won it. us over. <laughs> yeah, I love a good debate over that line. Super uh, okay. Earth, mini Neptune. Which is it? So mini Neptune is my answer. Excellent. Stick it in. Our last wild card has been taken by a naked eye star in the southern hemisphere for those of our listeners Lupus. down there. Okay. Should we do the draw? So now that we've chosen our eight wild cards and we have our 24 scraped planets from the ADS, uh, Hugh's going to pop them into a randomizer and choose our eight groups. Uh, mix them all up. We don't want to have too many um, of the popular planets or the most mentioned planets, at least, in the same group. So we're going to mix them all up uh, and then and then see where our, our groups fall. So Hugh, what you got? Yeah. We have in group A, WASP-12, WASP-121, WASP-76, very WASP-heavy, and AU-MIC-B. So um, three kind of hot Jupiters and then... So I I, I see AU-MIC-B walking that group now. (laughs) I think WASP-76 is a little bit of a sleeper agent there with uh, some of the measurements that have been done of its atmosphere recently. But 121's done well in the past. Yeah, that's true. And WASP-12's got those beautiful corundum ruby clouds, so... And you know, wasp, the wasp, the wasp survey on Twitter is pretty active as well. They like to get involved in the Exo Cup, so oh, well, they've they got be, three to choose from. They could be pulling. They could be pulling for all well, three. No, they've got a they've got a pick, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess they've got a lot of pilots in the um in in the cup this year. So pick one from Group A, and we'll see where the okay. rest fall. Or Group B. 
Group B is a little bit more varied, I think. So we've got 55 Cancri E, Super Earth. Mm-hmm. Kelp 9B, the ultra hot Jupiter. Uh, GJ 3470B, so uh, Neptune, the land of Endorf. And then HD 152843B, which is the uh, citizen science detected uh, mini Neptune. Ooh, that's a nice, yeah, so that's a, I don't know what that would be. Yeah, yeah that's a nice diverse group. Um, if, Maybe Kelp 9. Or perhaps if the folks who worked on the citizen science detection all all get on Twitter and vote for their their planet, um, that would be great. Along with see. the planet hunters, folks, then yeah, that might be pulling pulling all the way through. That's yeah. true. That's and true. two go through from each of these yes. rounds every time, so we can have two champions in each of these these groups um, from the first round, and then they start going like directly head to head. Although, of course, second place will hit will play a first placed uh, yeah team. <laughs> planet so it gets difficult if you don't win the group basically well wasp are guaranteed to get probably one uh, one planet oh yeah out of group a there you go. <laughs> you know. <laughs> all right what's in group c then Ooh, i did i looked at the groups and i or the pots and i thought this might happen because we have beta pick b up against pds 70 b mm. so there's two two directly imaged things in there yeah. and then we've got wasp 18 b uh, hot jupiter mm. and ty 849 b the Ultra dense mini or mini oh, interesting. You um, know what? I think those direct imaging planets are gonna knock yeah. out some transitors. I, I, I think that'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So in group D, we've got GJ four three six B, the transiting warm Neptune, uh, fifty one Eridani B, so the uh, directly imaged Jupiter, Wasp one A seven B, hot Jupiter, and then Epsilon Indy A B cold at long period real rusty jupiter Ooh, i don't know i'd uh potentially 51 airy once again i think, I think 51, directly image one i think 51 and wasp 107 oh yeah yeah i just I think it's interesting enough like the low density neptune mass super jupiter super jupiter See, it's this kind of debate that's going to get it through. Super right? Jupiter with the helium <laughs> detection. I think it. I think it's got some. I think it's got some legs. All right. So Group E, we have HD two hundred nine B, the uh, the OG. Mm-hmm. Um, Wasp forty three B. Again, pretty OG. It's just a hot Jupiter. Yes. Yeah. With a good face of um, LHS eleven forty B, the uh, Super Earth, and then New Tulupi D. The not Super Earth mini <laughs> Well, you've convinced me of uh, New Two Loopy, so I'm going to be rooting for, for that one. And I think, obviously, HD209. Yeah. I love that one. Uh, I'd go LHS 1140, I think. The, oh, the really? Worlds. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's a ball of rock. Yeah. As a, you know, oh, no, no. That's the other one. That's yeah, the other LH- LHS. LHS11. <laughs> yeah. Uh, LHS 1140, the longest period transiting planet from the, from the ground. The only transiting planet from the ground. And very dense. Of its star. As well. I think that's cool. I think yeah, I think that will pull well. I like chess eleven forty. We shall see. Okay. Group F. Okay, fifty one peg B, K two eighteen B, LHS thirty eight forty four B, the other one, and HR eight seven nine nine B. Oh. So um, that's quite varied as well. <laughs> we will see what happens to K two eighteen B. I have to say, K two eighteen B looks a little bit out of its depth there. I don't know. Yeah. Directly image planet will get the directly image vote. Fifty one peg will always draw crowd um there's the ball of rock lhs at the 3844 so we shall see okay group g we've got the white dwarf uh, 1856 b winner from jg 1214 b uh, always popular 2015 uh trappers 1e representing the trappers system and then moa 12 2010 blg 477b we need to shorten that micro lensing <laughs> wow i think that is going to be a very interesting group i really can't tell how it's going to go i thought the trappist planets would have done a little bit better than they did last year um so you know leaning towards the terrestrial side of things and having published a paper on trappist 20 this year um i'm going to go with trappist oh, you, 20 you helped that group. it you helped get it oh, in exactly i did <laughs> he's a pusher everybody i'm honest about it Okay, so who's in the final group then, Hugh? So we are with the ones we are missing by process of elimination is HD one eight nine B, so the other um, legendary hot Jupiter. Proxima Sen B in in second place. So those two going head to head, that'd be mm. interesting. And then Wasp thirty three B and Kepler seventeen oh four B. Hmm. 
That's a, Proxima's definitely going to win that one. Yeah. And then I do think it's a bit of a fight. Like Perhaps HD 189 is really cool and there's so many things that we've learnt about it, but it's never done well in the cup. So I'll be interested to see what happens. Yeah, it's not like it doesn't have enough cool stuff about it with the with the wind measurements and the, the rain. And, and the colour measurements and the... Yeah. The measurements of the stellar activity, we've actually measured flares coming from the star, which then blow off the atmosphere. Like, there's so much about this planet, and yet it's never done well in the cup. So maybe maybe we uh, need to see if we can poke and prod the exoplanet community yeah. to, to promote it a little bit more. This could be it, yeah. Um, this could be it, yeah. yeah. Okay, so they, those are the groups, and I guess we've, we've covered a little bit of our predictions for each group. But who do you think is going to win the thing in general? I mean, we're never right. Let's just say that. We, we have been, no, absolutely no, we have never, never been right. right. <laughs> so I'm going to say K218B to make sure that that trend continues. <laughs> oh, genius. <laughs> it's not a sincere genius. guess, Alex. It's not a sincere guess. Well, I'm, so sorry. I'm going to go the other way with it. and I'm going to go PDS70B. Come on, PDS. You could, this is your year. You could do it. You're getting, you know, you're inching towards that, that victory and this is going to be it. You've just killed it. You've just killed it. That's, you're going to have to live with that now. Uh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I finished fourth last year. To be fair, so if it finishes higher than that, I will. I will take that as a as a as a win on my prediction. I I honestly don't know. I'm going to go for a Umic B. A wild card. I want. I want. Well, it, I want it to be a transiting planet because I'm a transiting planet person. <laughs> and I just. I just feel like that's you know. It's it's got the directly imaged disc. It's got the nearby planet. You know. It's got. Um, all of the stuff you want, flares on the surface, TTVs. I think I think Aumic could do it this year. All right, it did well. I'm really well interested to right. see what happens with this. We've got a great selection of planets, a really diverse set of planets as well. Even before we started throwing in those wild cards for everybody, so I'm I'm hoping that we get poetry. We've had some amazing poetry in the past. Yeah posters and videos and all of all of the memes we could ask for yeah. all of the memes we could ask for just the excitement behind these planets and everything we can learn about them and i think we've also spawned quite a few uh, twitter accounts based on these individual planets which are still out there <laughs> and still tweeting and still educating folks about their their planet of, of choice so which which one will get a twitter account this which year which one's going to get a new twitter Probably, account yeah, this would year be one of the we newer ones see. wouldn't it Okay, well, we are ready for the Exo Cup. We hope that you are ready for the Exo Cup. It starts on November 1st with Group A all going up against each other. The top two will survive onto the next round. That runs through all the way until the 9th. So we've got nine solid days. Well, sorry, we've got eight solid days there of our first round. And then we head on into the round of 16, the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and then the final starts on the 22nd and runs for two days, two solid days of your votes to finish on the 24th, just in time for you to get ready to go for Thanksgiving on the Thursday. And if you're not going to Thanksgiving on the Thursday, neither are most of us, but have some turkey (laughs) anyway. and uh, see which planet is there to champion 2021. So I'm excited. Can't wait. And you can follow the ExoCup on our dedicated Twitter feed for the ExoCup, which is at ExoCastExoCup. So that's all one word, at ExoCastExoCup. And we will be tweeting with the help of some excellent volunteers. So we will see you very, very soon. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, you can support us on buymeacoffee.com forward slash exocast. Um, you can get exocast merch and exocup stickers in our store, exocast.threadless.com. See you very soon. Bye from us. Bye-bye. Bye. Exocast. I have exoplanets. Exocast. What does MOA stand for? Hello.
I well, mean, I think it might be the, the survey, um, New Zealand survey. Mm. Well, as uh, soon as I type in MOA, it just wants me to watch Moana. Give me one second. MOA. <laughs> Micro. I think it's the... Micro observations in astrophysics. Okay. New Zealand, good, Japan. It's a good TLA, three-letter acronym. <laughs> what? Nested acronym, you know, like that. <laughs> you know, two years at NASA, right? You should remember how all the TLAs there. <laughs> Exocast. What's a tree wild card? What would be like a crazy wild card? Uh... I don't know. No. But um, Umama. <laughs> it's, it's technically an exoplanetary. Okay. Rock. Yeah. Yeah. True. It's true. technically an exoplanetary <laughs> body. Yeah, that is quite the wild card, isn't it? Um, really pushing the definition. I guess we never properly defined exoplanet in terms I feel, of. Exocast, I would be worried it would win. <laughs> I'd be worried it would win too. <laughs> like genuinely. Yeah. Genuinely worried that that would win. Should, should that exclude it from being included? Because I know our audience. <laughs> I know our audience want that kind of thing, and they just want to make our lives difficult as well. Because that's fun. Um, okay, let's let's never mention that we said this. Okay, all right, no, good, good, good. It would be cool. It would be cool. To A good it. number of our audience are pedants as well. Who'd be like, "That's not an exoplanet," and here's why. So, I mean, uh, that it would be fun. It would be a lot of fun. Yeah, controversial choice here. <laughs> Exocast. Neither are most of us, perhaps in Turkey <laughs> anyway. Um, and uh, see which planet is there to champion 2021. Talking to two veggies here. Wait, are you, you're veggie, right, Andrew? I'm vegan, actually. I was gonna, I was I'm gonna drop something well. in there about a vegan option. I thought, do I need that yeah, kind of no, on me right no now? <laughs> I mean, are you vegetarian? You? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, same here. Yeah. <laughs> so no one's having turkey in, the, what are you in this. Doing? Telling us to eat turkey? Yeah. I don't know. The corn one's pretty good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And nut roast. No, I'm not. I'm not a nut roast fan. Just more oh, veggies. Yeah. Just more the good stuff. Just. Yeah, no, parsnips I'm, I'm, I'm galore. The... More roasties, oh, well, no some nice stuffing. Swede. Sprouts. It's all about the sprouts. It's not about the sprouts. I love the sprouts. Yeah, genuinely. And My favourite Christmas veg. I must be honest, one of the things I do miss about America being back in the UK is the dessert pie. I don't think we perfected that in here in the UK yet. You know, the selection of dessert pies I enjoyed over Thanksgiving uh, recently have been fantastic. The pecan being one of my favourites. Very sticky. It is. Very rich after that. Very. You know, no, can't meal. deal with that. Don't have a sweet tooth. I'm a strudel fan myself. Not bad. That's pretty sweet, isn't it? Maybe mm. Appley. How do we get here? I don't know. We're talking about Thanksgiving. I don't know. It's just before dinner. We're all hungry. I mean, let's oh, yeah, I'm, I'm an hour post lunch here. So. Yeah, no, I'm pretty damn hungry right now. It's yeah. been a long day. <laughs> it's quite festive. Exocast. 